when it doesn't seem like it. So congratulations to all of those, and we really appreciate you. And I want you to just go in your Bibles to the book of James. Hallelujah. To the book of James. To the book of James. I want to start here. I want to start here. The contemplation of foregoing life's trials can become overwhelming. The thought of me only knowing lends itself to harsh moments of inward deception. It is the amazing beauty of temptation that never reveals the reality of what's hidden behind the curtain. Life's temptations are the dangling bait that draws me in. I want you to hear that again. The contemplation of foregoing life's trials can become overwhelming. The thought of me only knowing lends itself to harsh moments, hear it, of inward deception. I want you to think about this next line, the amazing beauty of temptation that never reveals the reality of what's hidden behind the curtain. Life's temptations are the dangling bait that draws me in. Bishop, why would you create a line that says it's the amazing beauty of temptation? When we think about the word temptation to most of us, temptation is very attractive. It is something that attracts our attention. It's something that's made to look good. It is something that is made to feel good. Something that causes you to hear something that sounds good to your ear. And so I want you to just hear that again. I want you to keep that quote up there for me, um, media department. I want you to keep that up there for me. Um, the contemplation of foregoing life's trials can become overwhelming. Think about it. The thought of me only knowing Hear it? The thought of me only knowing. They took it down. Let me go to it. Hallelujah. The thought of me only knowing. Y'all pray with me today. The thought of me only knowing. The thought of me only knowing lends itself to harsh moments of inward deception. It's the amazing beauty of temptation that never reveals the reality of what's hidden behind the curtain. Life's temptations are the dangling bait that draws me in. As I was sitting there cultivating this and putting this together, Kevin, I, I thought of another hymn this morning, and simply the words begin to roll right off of my lips, and it says, I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice. And it told thy love to me, but I long to rise in the arms of faith. And be closer drawn to thee. The next verse says, Consecrate me now in thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. Here it is. Oh, the pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I spend. When I kneel in prayer and with thee, my God, I commune as friend with friend. 
There are depths of love that I cannot know till the cross, till I cross the narrow sea. There are heights of joy that I may not reach till I rest in peace with thee. And we all know that chorus, draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Think about this. There are two moments in our life where we're either drawn by the bait of temptation or we're either drawn by the bait of the Holy Ghost. There are either two ways in life that you and I are living. We're either drawn to the temptations of life or we're either drawn by the victories and the promises and the commands and the things of God that take place in our life on today. I simply want to just say to you, good morning, RC family. Good morning, RC Puerto Rico. All of our RC online family. I am praying that you all are resting in the presence of the Lord. And if you haven't found that place today, I want to admonish each and every one of you to find your place in God today. My prayer is that you've been resting and experiencing the joy of God, that you've been resting in his promises. You've been resting in the peace of God. No matter what you've been going through, you've found a place of joy that is reflecting what it means to rest in God. If you haven't found that place, I admonish you, I plead with you, I urge you today to find your place where you're able to rest in God. Over the entire week, the pain of grief and loss has hit our nations with the mass shooting in Maine. And even right here in our own city where a mother, a friend, a business owner died at the hands of domestic violence. As I sat watching the news about the main shooting, I, I could only do one thing. I could pray for God's mercy to intervene while juxtaposing the sound bites of Dr. R.A. Vernon on last week, pleading for justice on behalf of Amanda Williams. Think about it, family. Life hasn't stopped because we're going to church. Life has not stopped because we love God. Life has not stopped because you're praying in the Holy Ghost and people are getting saved. Life continues to happen every day. 18 to 22 people lost their lives on last week. Are we listening and seeing how many people are being baited into doing things that cause innocent lives to be destroyed? The bait of temptation the bait of error, the bait of trial and tribulation. When we look at this, life continues to draw our nation into the battlefields of pain and anguish. Just think about our life. Just think about our nation today. Think about where we are today. People are grieving and hurting over their children and their loved ones being lost on last week. Nobody ever imagined that a man would wake up and take a rifle and just walk in the public and begin to kill people. Nobody imagined that it would hit their house. You've heard about it, but nobody imagined that this would happen to them. 
when you think about it. A family is in distress because a loved one has been taken away to a senseless murder. And we're here fighting and pleading. This message today may seem somewhat biased in that we're focused and we're talking about the lives of innocent people that are being harmed, but yet in our sermonic text that we will minister on today, uh, it's going to bring us into a place of harmony and truth. Knowing that we are a people who are drawn and enticed by what? One's emotions, come on, hear it. One's feelings, come on now. And even our thoughts are major reflectors, reflectors and responses that trigger us mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, financially, however you want to do, however you want to define this, we have to understand that each and every one of us are triggered in a certain area of our life. And it brings things out of us that we don't even know that inside of us. It brings out anger. It brings out bitterness. It brings out unforgiveness. It, it brings out strife. It, it brings out so many things in our life because life is continuing to happen. I just want you to say that life is continuing to happen. Life is continuing to happen. And somewhere along the line, if you don't really begin to deal with the issues and the areas of your heart and begin to recognize those triggers in your life, you'll begin to respond in ways that you should not respond. One of the things that I'm learning is that you've got to be honest about the triggers in your life. You've got to be honest about the emotional triggers, the, the physical triggers, the, the, the triggers of relationship and the triggers of self-esteem and confidence. You, you've got to be honest about these things in your life because guess what? They all affect our relationship with God. They all decide how we will build our relationship with God. We get to the point where all of these places in our life becomes triggers that lead us down paths that bring us to the question of we're asking, how did I get here? What did I do to get here? What happened that I'm here? Uh, what, what's going on in my life that I am in a situation that I did not want to be into? What's going on? When I think about it, the, 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 this, this narrative of, of storytelling, sometimes you've got to connect your story, hallelujah, to the application of what's happening in life. I am reminded of the crazy moments in my own life where things begin to happen, life begin to happen, uh, growing out of puberty and into the young man I strive to be. But for some reason, I got to the point, Charmaine, that I stopped listening and taking the advice of my father. 
I stopped doing all of these things, uh, that dangling bait of wanting to have my own freedom. Come on now, listen now. And to make my own choices was so fascinating to me. Remember the line that I told you, uh, it is the amazing beauty of temptation. I was so fascinated with the temptation of having my own freedom and doing what I wanted to do that I lost sight of my father's voice. When we think about this, uh, it was that dangling bait of wanting to have my own freedom and make my own choices, uh, having the freedom to come and go as I please, uh, although I still lived under the direction and under the house where my daddy was paying the bills and my father was paying all of the utilities. Uh, I had decided and I had become so fascinated with the temptation uh, of wanting a freedom that I already had. Come on now, when we think about it, uh, wanting life and the luxuries that life had to offer was impressive and inviting. And inviting. Yet in the midst of it all, I avoided the voice of wisdom, instruction, and the counsel of my father, the elders of the church, and even the voice and whispers of the Holy Ghost. It, is, it was the dangling bait of sex and, and the baits of club life and the baits of false insecurity of wanting to fit in. Think about it. Think about it. Sometimes you've got to connect yourself. Come on now to the message that you're preaching. Uh, sometimes you've got to look inwardly and say there are some triggers in my life that cause some things in my life to happen that should have not happened. Come on now, think about this, think about this. This time in my life drew me into a place where life dictated my own deceptions and false narratives of living for Christ. Come on, Reverend Tracy, you remember it. Everything about my life was false and deceptive, thinking that I was serving God and living for him, knowing that I had taken the bait of living against God's will. This everyday thought of how did I get there? The wondering and plaguing thoughts of why did I allow this to happen? I thought that I could do this just for a little while. I never meant for it to get this bad. I thought that I could go in and come out when I got ready. I thought that I would be okay. But the fascination, the amazing beauty of temptation. I'm telling you. You're either going to love God or not love God. You and I can't be in the middle. You can't play it down the line. You can't play with this temptation. You can't play with these things that are happening in your life. You've got to deal with the triggers. You've got to deal with the emotional issues, the physical issues that are taking place in your life that cause you to look on the other side and say, wow, it looks beautiful, RC Online, and it looks wonderful to me. Uh, maybe I can sneak. Uh, maybe I can find my way. Uh, maybe I can do it and nobody else finds out. But the thought of aborting uh, the mission of God, the contemplating thoughts of life's trials, have become overwhelming to the point that only when I think about it, it lends myself and it lends my thinking to destructive places of deception. When I look at this here, 
just like me. I, I believe that we all have this, these types of moments where, where the dangling bait of life, uh, the greener grass is better life syndrome. Uh, uh, come on now. The greener the grass is life will be better. That's the syndrome that we pick up. We become so fascinated in life and looking at the beautiful green grass, looking at the manicured lawn, looking at all of the things. It looks like nothing is out of place. It looks like life is perfect. And I became so fascinated just like you and I. We have become so fascinated with things that look good, feel good, sound good. Uh, it's going to make me uh, into who I am because everybody's going to like me. Everybody's going to appreciate me. Everybody's going to say one wonderful things about me when we think about this this greener grass that is better life syndrome have come to tempt us while we're in the middle of growth and development did you hear it uh, uh, the entire trial has everything to do with your growth and development I want each and every one of us to take a moment to think about where we are in life, where you are in your relationship with Christ, your marriage, your singleness, your career paths, financially in your health and every other area of your life. I want you to take a moment and think about where you are in your life in the midst of a God-centered trial. I want you to look at it. I want you to be honest about the triggers that have been coming out in the midst of this trial. Come on now. I've been having some moments of mental breakdown, but I'm still here standing on the promises of God. I'm not where I was last month. I'm not standing where I used to be from two years ago. I'm standing in a better place. Although I'm going through some trials, I'm standing in the promises of God but if you never recognize it you'll still allow life's trials to beat you down you will still allow the trials of life to destroy everything that God is doing to you as you and I ponder and work through our thoughts I want you to direct your attention at our dedicated text in the scripture here in James chapter number one verses 13 through 16 I'm going to stay in that preferred translation of the, of the Amplified Bible. Come on, come on. You got it, you got it. But before we do this, I want us to pray. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, Joshua. I want you to lift your hands today because I really believe that the Lord wants you to hear this word. Not only to hear this word, but I really believe that God wants to convict, convict some areas of temptation in your life. He wants to expose some evil triggers that are trying to draw you in. So come on, lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, Josh. Come on. Come on. Lift your hands. Father, heal our land, our motives and thoughts on today. Father, heal the wounds of deception and the lack of faith that resides in our heart and our minds. Father, let your word settle in us today. Bring us into a place 
where we can remain steady and sober in your word and in your presence. Come on, hear the prayer. Father, may the power of your word be spoken and received with great understanding and clarity. Father, let the power of the word speak truth to the area within our lives where truth has become self-sustained and distant. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, be with us today. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, come on, keep your hands lifted. Come on, just say, Lord, show me and reveal to me the triggers of temptation that desire to pull me away from your purpose and your plan. Lord, speak to my heart. Show me, Lord. Reveal to me, O God the areas of my heart that are borderline. Oh, Rabbi Ndor, Rabbi, say it again. The areas in my life that are on the fence, oh God. I don't know if I'm going left or right, oh God, but you've told me to keep my eyes stayed on you, oh God, to keep my mind in perfect peace, oh God. A mind that is stayed on you, oh God. You said that you'll keep it in perfect peace. For I trust in you. This is my prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. James chapter number 1, verses 13 through 16. Come on, I want you to see this today. I, I want you to put yourself right in the text. Because James is talking to the believer. He's talking to himself. He's talking to everyone who's in the midst of doing the work of Christ. But then he gives some instructions. He says here in in verse 13, come on, let's read it out. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For temptation does not originate from God but from our own flaws. For God cannot be tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. That's all in one verse. Come on now. That's a lot of meat there. Verse 14, but each one is tempted when he is dragged away, enticed, and baited to commit sin. By his own worldly desire, lust, passion. Verse 15 here, then when the illicit desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin has run its course, it gives birth to death. Verse 16, do not be misled, brothers and sisters. Let no one say when he she is tempted. I am being tempted by God. For temptation does not originate from God, but from our own flaws. For God cannot be tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. Come on, verse 14. But each one is tempted when he is what? Dragged away. Come on, say it. Dragged away, enticed, and baited to commit sin. Hmm. My God, by his own worldly desire, 
lust, and passion. I want to read that again to you. The contemplation of foregoing life's trials can be overwhelming. The thought of me only knowing lends itself to harsh moments of inward deception. It is the amazing beauty of temptation. My own amazing beauty. Come on now. Of temptation uh, that never reveals what's behind the curtain. Life's temptations are the dangling bait that draws me in. I simply just want to talk about today for a few moments. Uh, count it all joy. The tempting pitfalls of the dangling bait. Count it all joy, installment number five, uh, 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 just as a subtitle here, uh, the tempting pitfalls of the dangling bait. In the first chapter of James, we can see that the binary images and imagery and instructions that come forth through uh, uh, this text are not two different conversations or teaching because when you're reading, you got to be careful because one side, uh, verses 1 through 12, urge the believer to endure trials. And then we can see verses 13 through 16 urges the believer to resist temptation. If you don't watch it, you will separate the text. As if it's talking to two different people. But the text is talking to the same person. It's talking to all of us. Verses 1 through 12 says, I want you to learn how to endure trials. But in the midst of your trials, you've got to learn how to resist the temptation that will come in the midst of your trials. Or that your trials will bring. Trials cause temptations to reveal themselves come on here it is God can supply both grace to endure and strength to resist he uses our endurance and resistance to give us spiritual maturity and growth in holiness and in stamina I want you to hear that again. Uh, 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 I, I like what the Holman, uh, a New Testament commentary says. Uh, it, it says this here, God can supply both grace to endure and strength to resist. Come on, let's stop right there. Verses 1 through 12 is the grace to endure. Verses 13 through 16, uh, it gives us what? Uh, the strength to resist. So if we can say this, in the midst of every trial, there is endurance and resistance. Come on now. They're both working at the same time. You cannot separate endurance from resistance. You cannot separate resistance, stamina, from being holy to endure all that God has called you to endure. He uses this type of endurance to do what? To give us spiritual maturity and growth in holiness and stamina. I like that. In holiness and stamina. In our lesson today, uh, I would like to focus and dedicate our time together on this sermonic uh, selection again. The tempting pitfalls of the dangling bait. Come on now. I want you to think about this. What has been dangling in your face for quite some time? What has been tempting you for quite some time? You're, you've been enduring, but then there is an issue with resistance. 
resisting. Come on now. I'm holy, but I have no stamina to resist. That is an imbalanced relationship. He says that he gives us strength. He gives us resistance for our growth and maturity so that we may be holy. So that we may have the stamina to resist. Come on now. When you look at the Bible here and you look at the text here, it never mentions what the enemy does. It never talks about the devil. It never talks about Satan. Uh, he's talking to you. Uh, you've got to be able to resist what's on the inside of you. Your flesh, the enemy, the enemy, my flesh, my flesh, my flesh. My flesh. Here we go. Let's work. Let's work. Let's work. Number one, let's break it down. Let's, 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 let's break this down here. Number one, uh, if we want to really be honest and, 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 and think about things that are happening in our life, look at the text. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for temptation does not originate from God, but from our own flaws. For God cannot be tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. Can I let you know this? Uh, God is never responsible for any work of evil. God is not responsible for the mass shooting that took place because he's not responsible for evil works. Come on now. Man himself is responsible for all evil. God has never created anything to be evil. Did y'all hear this? Come on now. Uh, we'll look at the text. Uh, you fall into temptation because of your own flaws. James is saying that God cannot be responsible for evil works. First, come on, look at this. He cannot be tempted by anything that is evil. God has no weakness or flaws within his character, likeness, or image that would allow the exploitation of temptation to ever overtake him. God's holiness is far above all evil which puts him out of reach of temptation. Evil has no appeal for God. Ooh. God is so holy. He's so infinite. He's so powerful. He's so omnipotent and omniscient that he is so far above evil that evil doesn't even appeal to him. Evil doesn't even attract itself to him. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? God is so holy in all of his likeness, his character, his deity that the works of evil never even present itself to him. Woo! This is why you got to be in good relationship with the Father because God is never going to put you in a place where you can blame him for evil deeds. Come on now. This is why we have to be careful because we start blaming God. Secondly, God does not use any component, any component of evil works to tempt anyone. Although God places us in places 
where we are confronted with compromising moments as we endure trials, God never uses this to encourage the believer to commit sin. However, he uses these moments to grant the believer stamina to resist the evil. Uh, he's developing growth and maturity in holiness and, and in stamina. God is not sitting on his throne making up a plan to get you to commit sin. Uh, uh, God is not making something in your life so that he can test you, so that you can fail, so that you can go out here and cause all type of chaos in your life. It is the evil deeds that flow within your own life that cause you not to resist temptation. Come on now. Well, you know, I was tempted. Uh, that's right. You were tempted, but I'm not tempted. Come on now. You can be tempted all you want to. I was tempted to do this, and I was tempted. To, uh, it's very rarely that you hear somebody say, we were tempted. No, no, no. We can never be tempted. Uh, temptation is an individual issue. Come on now. This is why it says, let no one say. It didn't say, uh, let none of us say. Come on. Let no one say. That means that he's talking and he's talking in a singular form to an audience and he's saying let no one let you 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 yourself not sit here and say that you've been tempted by God to do something evil because evil has never even appeared itself to God or shown itself to God you fail because you wanted to Oh, graves, now you think you're perfect. No, 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 no. Because when you think about it, come on now, let's go back up in the word. Now let's let's go back up in the word. Uh, uh, where's that scripture? Where's that in there where it says that uh, he wants to perfect this in you? Come on now and let endurance have its perfect result. Oh, okay. Uh, see, God wants a perfect result. He doesn't want a contaminated result. He doesn't want something that has flaws. When he brings you out of this trial, he wants a perfect result that will bring about a good work that shows endurance, stamina, and holiness. It shows the character and likeness of who he is and what he is. Your trial has everything to do with God being God and God being God all by himself. Your trial has everything to do with God having all the glory. Come on now, let's, let's stay focused here. Uh, let, let's stay focused here. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. The lingering confrontation of temptation and evil should be never overlooked or taken for granted at any moment in our lives. Hear it again. The lingering confrontation of temptation and evil should never be overlooked or taken for granted at any moment in our lives. Every time you see temptation, run. Every time you hear it, run. Every time you feel it, run. Because you're never strong enough to stand in the face of temptation and think that you're going to never be all right. Something's going to happen to draw you in. Come on now. 
Never stand in the face of temptation. Walk away. Walk away. Turn your back and run. Let them talk about you. Let the enemy of your flesh call you a punk. Let it call you weak. Let it call you whatever it wants to call you. But I will not walk through that door. Come on now. Come on now. Every door of temptation has another door to lead you out of it, to lead you away from it. Well, you know, I had to walk through it to see if God was with me. You're lying. God is never going to walk you through a door of temptation that's going to cause you to be destroyed, that's going to destroy his holiness, that's going to destroy his image, that's going to bring a reproach against his name. He's going to tell you, go to the next door. Go to the next door. As a matter of fact, get out of the entire building. Don't ever go back inside that building because every door inside the building is going to lead you to the temptation of falling away from me. Stay out of the door. Stay out of the door. Come on now. Come on now, Graves. How are you going to go to the club? How are you going to go stand in the club? Although you're not drinking, although you're not smoking, but you're standing over there trying to figure out what type of chick you can get. You're standing over there with sin all in your mind. You're standing there even though you didn't take the girl home. You're standing there with sin in your mind. You're in the middle of sin. You're in the middle of temptation and you're saying I'm not putting you in a place where you got to speak in the Holy Ghost because you're being tempted because you're standing in temptation I want you to pray outside of temptation so that you won't enter inside of it Bishop what are you saying I'm saying it the Bible is saying that he's not going to put you in places where you have to be standing there and thinking, well, should I, should I not? No, no, no. If you got to think that you got to compromise your holiness to do that, then you should not do it. If you got to think God and then the other thing, then you should not do it. You've got to be able to understand that God is holy in all of his thoughts, in all of his ways. never going to put you in a place where you got to think and you got to go on a fast. Come on now. Some of us uh, are embarrassing God because you fasting over a temptation. The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. You're fasting 40 days and 40 nights trying to avoid temptation. The devil is a lie. The only way you avoid it is live for him and stay out of the way. Woo. Come on here. Come on, run, run, run. Run, Forrest, run, Forrest, run. Start running and let the braces of temptation fall off of you. Come on now. Come on now. Your name is much more important than your greed. 
Your legacy is much more important than the one night stand. Your legacy is much more important than robbing that store for 50 raggedy dollars that still ain't going to pay all the bills that you need. Your life is much more important than running down the street trying to build your name and you kill somebody and now you're in jail for the rest of your life. Your life is more important to God. He would rather you not have it all. He would rather you be in a place where you're totally depending on him rather than you're out here trying to make something of yourself. And your life falls into shambles. Come on here. I like what this word is saying. This is good teaching, y'all. This is good teaching. Come on, look at it. Come on, look at it. I'm almost done. Come on, Josh, stay with me, son. Stay with me, son. You just got married, and you got to understand that you can't be hanging out with your single friends. You can't be having conversation about what they're doing. You need to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost so that the enemy does not come to destroy your marriage, destroy your mind, and now you got all types of ugly thoughts in your mind because you've been hanging out and watching the wrong stuff and doing the wrong stuff. Just because you married don't give you the option and the freedom to watch what you want to watch. You got to understand what you were tempted with while you were single. You're going to be tempted with it when you get married. And if you allow that temptation to become comfortable in your marriage, your marriage is going to be a mess. Come on now. I hear people saying it all the time. You got to understand. You got to resist and have the stamina to turn around and walk away. Turn around and walk away. Come on. I like what verse 14 says. Number one, let no man say that God is the blame for his own temptation. Number two, here it is uh, uh, right here in verse 14. Come on now. But each one is tempted. Woo. But each one, there, there's that one again. Uh, but each one, uh, not but, uh, but all of us. No, no, no. Each one is tempted uh, when he is dragged away, enticed, and baited to commit sin by his own worldly desire and lust of passion. Come on now. But each one, come on now, is tempted when he is dragged away, enticed, and baited to commit sin by... Uh, by his own worldly desire of lust and passion. Come on now. I want you to hear this. Uh, I want you to hear it. One is dragged away and enticed by, uh, by our own desire. Uh, our openness to temptation again is not the work of God. Come on now. But it is a reflection of a heart that has been weakened to the point that we choose temptation over resistance. Come on now. I want you to hear this. One is dragged away, enticed and baited by our own desires. It is our openness to temptation again that we cannot say it's God's fault. Come on now. But it is a reflection of the heart. Come on now. I've got a heart issue. My heart has been weakened to the point that I choose temptation over resistance. I choose to do this. I choose to do that rather than have stamina, rather than to remain holy, rather than to endure I choose to run away. I choose to fall into temptation. Yeah. 
I choose to. Come on now. You chose to fall. Come on now. Everything that you did in your life, it was a choice of your own. Now, come on now. I'm not talking about the other stuff. Y'all stay saved because I know church folk. Well, what about when he done all? I'm talking about stuff that you did. Come on now. I'm not talking about anything that anybody else did. I'm talking about the temptations of life. Come on now. You lied to your mama because you wanted to, uh, because you were afraid to be honest. You were afraid of their consequences, so you created your own path of consequences. And the moment you lied, you kept on lying, and you kept on lying, and now you get married, and now you get into other relationships, and everything is a lie. Come on now. Whew. I stole because I wanted to. I became a thief because I wanted to. I start beating people up and, and robbing people because I wanted to. Well, you know, I didn't have no food on my table that don't give you a right to rob people. Come on now. They don't give you a right to beat somebody over their head and take what they have worked for. Come on now. Uh, come on now. There's somebody in your life that'll give you a sandwich. Uh, there was somebody around you that could have gave you some potato chips. Uh, there was somebody around you that you could have went and found food. But because you were tempted, you did what you wanted to do. And now you use it as a story. Oh, this is my story. This is my pain. No, that's your lie. That was your sin. Uh, that was your temptation of issues that you allowed to break you away from the promise of God. You're in jail because you won't stop selling drugs. You're in jail because you won't get out of the gang and stop shooting people and stop beating people up. You're in jail because you just won't learn your lesson. Yeah. I'm not talking about injustice. I'm talking about you want to commit crime all the time. Stealing cars is a crime. That's why you're in jail because you think that stealing cars is what you've been created to do when God wanted you to own your own car business, when God wanted you to have your own business of giving cars away, of selling cars, but you've now become tempted to steal what should belong to you. Whew. Come on, look at it. Be careful of, of your therapist giving you an excuse. Be careful of this mentality. Well, we all have a story, and nobody is perfect, and God knows my heart. The devil is a lie. When you fall into temptation, God is standing there looking at you saying, I don't know what you did. I had nothing to do with it. That wasn't on the plan. That wasn't in the charter. I have nothing to do with that consequence in your life, and until you can recognize the consequence, I cannot save you from it. You're blaming me as if I woke up that morning and said, hey, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go over there and I want you to steal your mama's checkbook. And I want you to start writing false checks. I, I, and then I want you to go to the bank and I want you to cash them. And then I want you to go to the store and I want you to start using other people's credit cards uh, because I love you so much because, because you don't have anything and, and, and I need you to have th that ain't God. 
God is looking at you saying, I've never even heard the sound of evil. I don't even know what evil looks like. I don't even know what it sounds like because it's never been appeared to me. There's never been a plan on my desk. There's never been a conversation about it. I only know righteousness. I only know love. I only know the plan that I've created in you to do. Come on now. Come on now, the church has to bring us back into a place. Come on. Come on, let's dig. Let's dig. Come on, let's, 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 let's get into this. Uh, the language within the text is very important to the believer. We can say and we can see that James uses strong language such as one is dragged away and enticed, baited. It is the connection of the optical view of someone who is fishing. Ooh. How many of y'all love to fish? I, I don't. I, I, that's just too much work. It's a little stinky, a little messy, the water and all that other stuff. And put your hands here. Uh, but when we think about this, come on, let's, 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 let's go here. Come on, come on, Josh. Uh, look, listen at this. Uh, uh, one who is dragged away. When we think about that and we, we break that word down, it means uh, one who has been lured or being haunted hunted one who has been lured out of a place where they have no protection from the works of evil Woo. dragged away the only way a fish can be caught is something must be used to lure the fish out of its place of safety temptation is just that it seeks to lure and haunt the believer from God's protection into a place where the believer loses faith. It loses its trust and belief in God's will, his way, and his plan for us. Have you ever heard somebody say, I don't love God anymore. I don't trust God anymore. I don't like church no more. I don't want to do this. Uh, the next time you hear it, ask them, uh, what temptations did you fall into, baby? Come on now. Uh, what temptations did you fall into that now you're blaming God? Uh, uh, what are you doing in your life that you're blaming God what did you do to God God ain't done nothing to you he woke you up this morning he started you on your way he put breath in your body he gave you grace to endure he gave you grace to be holy he gave you grace to have stamina what did you do to God come on here ask yourself what am I doing to God I did it myself Come on, think about it. Not only did he say dragged away, but he said enticed. He says, but each one is tempted when he is dragged away. We're dragged away by the allure and the fascination of what's out there. And after I'm dragged out, after I'm dragged away, I become enticed. Whew. See, the enemy, the enemy of your flesh, I'm going to give it to you, can never come into God's presence and drag you out. He can't. Why? Because God has a shield around me. We don't become dragged out until we decide to come out of his presence. The fish is fine as long as it stays away from the bait, from the hook. 
But James says we're not only dragged away, but then he says that we are enticed. We are attracted by offering pleasures or the pleasure or advantage. We are enticed by the pleasure and advantage of the hunted not knowing that their lives are in danger. Who that fish doesn't know that his life is in danger? You don't know that your life is in danger. All you know is I can't stay here no more. It's too hard. It ain't working. God ain't on my side. God don't love me no more. God did this to me. He took my mama away from me. He took my daddy away from me. He took my life away from me. What did you take from yourself? What did you do to yourself? What did you do to yourself that, that caused you to be dragged away from God's presence? It says enticed. We are enticed to win at any cost by being dishonest, cheating the process, aborting the lessons that the trials want us to learn. I, I'm so enticed. I'm, 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 I'm attracted to something that doesn't belong to me and that's why I leave my girl and go sleep at another house come on now uh, uh, that, 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 that's why I'm doing what I'm doing because I'm so attracted by the offering of pleasure and advantage because temptation looks beautiful it will paint a beautiful picture that you're going to have a better advantage if you go over there. You're going to have a better advantage if you're pleased in this area of your life. And God is saying that you have the greatest advantage, me. The greatest advantage. Come on, think about it. Come on, think about it. I'm baited. Come on now. He says we're baited with the prey. Baited. When we think about it and we exegete that word, it's baited with prey. Something that it loves and is familiar with. We are baited by what we love or are used to. The evil works of temptation uses the powerful bait of our own lustful desires. You heard it. Sex, money, power, compulsive eating, Material gain, greed, fame, my career, my intellect, my degrees, my money, my status. Come on now. I can get stuff done the way people can't get it done. You're, 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 you're so fascinated with power. You're so fascinated with being the first one to have it and making sure that nobody outdo you and, and you're always the one making sure that you've got what somebody else don't have and you paid more money for that you're willing to give everything to lose your soul. What is it to gain the whole world but lose your soul? Come on, hear this. The power of being lured into places that aren't safe are dependent on our willingness and intentionality to resist the evil hunter of temptation. Come on, hear it. The fisherman goes out. Come on now. When someone is preparing to fish, they don't show up with nothing to catch the fish. The fisherman has a plan on what type of fish they want to catch and what will be needed to catch the fish. 
Hear it. The fisherman understands that everything about the fish, it understands everything about the fish it wants to catch. It knows its weaknesses, its strengths. The fisherman chooses the time of day and the spot it will hunt. Come on, think about it. However, none of this works without water, a boat, or a place to sit or stand, a fishing rod, fishing line, the hook, and most importantly, the fishing bait. Think about it. Temptation works the same way. It has a plan to hunt, lure, entice, and to bait you. It has every intention to deceive and drag us from our places of wealth and prosperity in Christ. I want you to lift your hands right now and begin to think about the places in your life where the enemy of temptation, your flesh, has come to lure you. It's giving you a beautiful attraction. It's set the bait for you, and you don't even know that. It's put your favorite food there. It's put them Jolly Ranchers, them M&Ms, the, the fried chicken wings, whatever it may be. Whatever goes into the water is what attracts the fish. Come on. The enemy of your flesh knows how to attract you. It's never going to give you something that you're going to say no to. It's always going to give you something that you are willing to say yes to. Come on. Temptation is a powerful tool that comes to destroy you. It causes us to commit sin. Did you hear that? Temptation causes you and I to commit sin. Uh, I want you to begin to identify some of the areas that reflect lustful desires in your life. Come on. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. I want you to just lift your hands. Lift your hands. Come on, look at your life. Come on, look at your life and begin to understand that there are some lustful desires uh, that are brewing on the inside of me in the middle of a trial that God wants to develop maturity and growth for holiness and stamina. But the temptation to abort this because it seems hard. The temptation to walk away from God seems to be better for me because Somebody else can give me a quick fix. I can get the quick fix and then run back to God and ask for forgiveness. No, 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 no. You got to understand that the moment that you latch on to the hook and the bait, two things happen. You're hooked. And now you're under the control of temptation reeling you in. And now you're fighting against the will of God. And you're fighting against temptation. And they're both pulling on you. Two things happen. Either the fish is caught. Or by the mercies of God, the fish breaks loose. But in most instances, if the fish ever breaks loose, it's still left with a contaminating hook in his body. And guess what? The fish can't remove the hook. 
itself. It either dies or it makes it to a place where somebody can go in the water and grab it and pull the hook out and give it ooh, and give it new life. Come on, y'all. Come on now. That's the mercies of God. Now, I'm here to tell you that some of us uh, don't experience the mercy of God like that. That once the enemy gets a hold to you, ooh, it takes time and it takes years for you to get back out of that door. Get out of relationships that are no good for you. Get out of the doors of places that are going to become flesh hooks in your life that 30 years later you still got the hook. And every time you go, the line finds you and it pulls you right in, pulls you back. I'm talking to somebody online. Don't walk into diverse temptation feeling that you are strong enough. Run. Run into the arms and the safety of God. Come on, stand on your feet. Come on, stand on your feet. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, build that sound, son. Come on, build it, build it, build it. Come on, build it. Add some substance to it. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. Come on. Come on, Jordan, hit those drums. Come on, come on, I need to. Hallelujah, surround this place right now. This worship depends on it right now. People need to feel the presence of God. I'm being tempted, hallelujah, to walk away. I'm being tempted to be drawn away from the presence of God. As you enter this moment in your life, I want you to drop the music. I want everybody to lift your hands. Nobody in here is holy enough that you don't have areas in your life that you're not being tempted in. So lift your hands. Don't let the enemy of your flesh tell you that it's okay and you'll work on it tomorrow. No, 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 no. Work on it now. Expose the triggers of temptation now. What's triggering you to not be faithful in your prayer time? What's triggering you to not be faithful to your finances and to the plan that God is giving you? What's triggering you to not be faithful in your health and in your diet? What's triggering you to not be faithful to your dream and your desires that tempts you to walk away from years of planning and sowing and giving and preparation and now that you're at the point of graduation and you're at the point of, of things coming into full fruition where you're going to see them manifest naturally temptation says walk away remember this temptation is an amazing beauty that never reveals how dirty it is. It'll never reveal to you what the other side looks like. More pain. 
the pain becomes worse. The process becomes worse. Life never gets better, but it always shows you that you can get out and that you can do this and you can do that, but it never shows you that you're going to be disconnected from God. You're going to be disconnected from His presence. You're, you're going to be disconnected from His purpose. The only way that you're going to see that is that the Holy Ghost has to be real in your life. Come on, raise it up. The Holy Ghost has to be true in your life. The Holy Ghost has to be living. The, the Holy Ghost has to be powerful and breathing in your life. The Holy Ghost, come on, the Holy Ghost. Hey, Rabando Rabad, that's why we need the power of the Holy Ghost. This is our prayer. As you lift your hand, now that I will not be dragged away enticed or baited to commit sin I'll stay in the safety of God's presence and I'll allow the Lord to work on the issues of my life I'll give every issue that I have to God and I'll trust that God is going to have a perfect result by bringing about a good work in my life. This is my prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, shout hallelujah. Come on, shout glory to God. Come on, shout glory to God. Come on, shout glory to God. Come on, say hallelujah. Come on, say thank you, Lord. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, come on. Come on, just say thank you, Lord, for saving me. Draw me nearer, Lord. Draw me nearer. Draw me nearer. I want to be saved today. Feel with the precious power of the Holy Ghost. Father, we thank you today and we just bless you. Come on. Whether you're in person or online, you want to be saved today, I want you to just lift your hand. I just want you to just dedicate your life to God. I want you to give your life to God. You've got your hand raised. and I just got some areas in my life that I want Bishop to agree with me that I will not fall to the temptation. Guess what? You can't do it alone. It takes a village. It takes people who are going to love you and be honest with you and tell you, don't go down that road. Don't, don't go down that road. Don't, don't do that. Don't make that decision. Don't. You cannot live this life alone. If you're here today and you want to be saved, just raise your hand. If you're online today, one of our leaders will pray with you online. You're in the mobile app. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you today. We're praying for Sister Valerie Ringo. Father, I thank you that you restore, rebuild, refurbish, reignite 
her heart, oh God, the natural heart, in places where it may be weak, in strength and durability, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you strengthen her heart, oh God. Strengthen every artery and every valve, the blood vessels, the nerves, the muscles. We speak healing to her life. We speak healing to those who have just, your heart, your spiritual heart has been weakened to the point. The temptation has become so desirable to you that you're contemplating walking away from all that God has placed in you to bring to pass. I speak healing to your mind. I speak healing to your soul. I speak healing to the inward grief, the inward trauma, the, 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 the things of your life that are causing you to feel unworthy and shame. Temptation never shows how dirty the other side is. It's only going to show you the beauty of what the outside looks like. The grass is greener syndrome. The Joneses mentality. Temptation is only going to show you what it wants you to see. The beauty of doing it your own way. The beauty of making it come to pass your own way. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. I want you to put your hands together again. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless you, bless you for that word. Bless you for that time. And I admonish each and every one of us to allow this word, the words that we've been getting for the last couple of weeks, to go back and forth in our minds, back and forth in our spirits, so that we may continue on on this journey. We talked about that this morning. Uh, Psalms 23 that Vita put in for the church this week. God being our shepherd that we don't want anything. He'll lead and guide us. He'll protect us. And as Bishop is teaching us and was teaching us today to resist, resist temptation. To endure. And while we endure, resist. And that's something we have to make sure we understand and we do because Another thing that I was thinking about is the way that the frontal lobe, so when you ingest enough drugs in, in your brain, it actually changes your brain. It actually changes the way your brain is wired. So when you see drug addicts and you wonder, why won't they stop? What is wrong with them? And you hear them pleading, I wish I could, I wish I could. The, the problem is that their brain has been rewired. And so when we ourselves, listening to Bishop, when we ourselves allow 
temptation to settle in and we don't take the ability to resist the enemy. We don't take the ability to resist the devil and we allow the temptation and we allow the lifestyle of the things, the want, the selfishness of our lives to encamp us, encamp our minds. And then we say, Lord, Lord, why? Lord, 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 Lord. Because we have begun not, uh, not understanding that the more we do that, the more our brains become rewired. Your brains can be rewired. A lot of times the, the old saints, you, they, they, they say, you know, the, your, your mind, you were turned over to a reprobate mind. You don't have any common sense. And we've all seen people and, 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 that, and we've said, what is wrong? Don't you see? Don't you understand? Somewhere along the line, we forgot to endure. Or if we went down the path of enduring, we forgot to resist. Further down in James 4 and 6, it says, resist the devil, the enemy, and he will flee from you. To resist, Elder Peter talked about when he teach, he likes to look up words. To resist means to exert force. Exert force against the enemy. Exert force against the things that are not of God. And they will resist, run from you. Because as we said this morning, we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. And we rest under the shadow of the Almighty. Because God is my shepherd. And because he's my shepherd, I don't have to want. So if we get that, and we understand where God is taking us, he has called us to be the people that show forth and bring forth his light in this dark place. So take that. Understand what the Spirit is saying in Jesus' name. It's given time for those that have not given. You may give. We have given apps. If you're in a sanctuary you would like to give, you are more than welcome to do that. Remember, we are naming and claiming our seeds. We don't just plant anything in any soil. We talked about it. A gardener knows what they are planting when they are planting. They know the season. They name, they claim it. You are onion, you are cabbage, you are strawberries, and that's what shall grow up. So, Father, we know that the seed that we have given that we prepared for you is blessed. We thank you for the ability to give. We thank you for the heart to give with the right mind, a right spirit into your kingdom. God, we bless you. We honor you. We thank you for this week, oh God. We thank you, Father God, that we may 
intentionally be the light, intentionally show light, that we may intentionally be the peace and the calm in every room, in every place that our feet tread. Father, there is murder, there is death, there are so many different things that are going on, Father God, right before our eyes, God. But Father, when we walk in the room, Father God, we will be the change, we will be the difference, we will be the peace that surpasseth all understanding. In Jesus the Christ's name, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Hallelujah. You are not dismissed.